Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Billy Watson TV. It gives me just as much excitement as it did the last time to have Sarah Salyers back on the show. We're going to talk about um, Scottish independence. Um, there's a big SNP leadership thing kicking off, kicking off just now, all going on. So I thought I'd get Sarah on to give our views on that and the road to independence. So how are you doing tonight, Sarah? I'm doing fine, thank you. It's lovely to see you. Thanks for having me. That's cool. It was a pleasure last time. There was a lot of very good feedback about it and um, lots of people shared it. So hopefully word is starting to get out there that perhaps the SNP isn't necessarily the only way to independence. Um, speaking of the SNP, though, there's the whole Nicola standing down thing. And yeah. we've got the three leaders coming in, all promising various things. What's your general view on the on Nicola coming down and who's behind it? You know, obviously, Peter mm -hmm. is still in the background. And all that kind well, of stuff. you know, there's it, we, it's a funny old world we live in because there's um, there are a lot, lot of um, what my husband would call smoke would have called my late husband would have called smoke signals going on in the in the background. So people are hearing things, and you know, we we'll hopefully we'll know what's really been going on. That will that will eventually come out what has been happening in the background. There's a there's a now much more very clear information about this 600,000. Um, there's a video that came out this week absolutely going through um, what happened, when it happened, how it happened. And so there were things there I didn't didn't realise. I didn't know that they were in kind of serious financial trouble when they actually you know, put out that call for the funds. Um, but it does look... You know, we'll you know we do, it will come out. It's it's being investigated. It does look as if there was financial impropriety, or at least that's you know that's the indication um, that that there was. Um, what I think most independent supporters are most concerned about is the way in which we were we were prom promised you know, we're going to do that this year. We're going to have a referendum, no matter what happens. We will not be dragged out of Brexit. Um, there's a very good, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a very good article today in Yours for Scotland um, by a guy who goes under the, by the handle of Breeks. It's well worth reading um, about the, the constitutional position of Scotland, which has been made very, very clear by the North, the exception that has been made for Northern Ireland, which, by the way, is a violation of the Treaty of, of Union, Article 6, um, you know, because yeah. it's an advantage so being given to a different part of the UK that Scotland doesn't doesn't have. But he lays it out really well. And so we've been, you know, we had this major, massive majority of um, SNP MPs in Westminster and in Holyrood when we were dragged out of Brexit against our will. And they could have done, um, they could then have challenged constitutionally on you know, Scotland's um, rights, both under the treaty and, and in terms of the ratification of the claim of right, which acknowledges that basically that the people are sovereign and they did nothing they left it you know they've decided that they're you know or they had decided they were going to um you know pin everything on the on the hill of gra um which is insane given that most people in scotland oppose it so we were left and that's you know that's when you say dragged out of brexit you mean sorry dragged out of the eu um because you know we know Scotland voted absolutely emphatically to remain in the EU, um, and there's you know it, mm. I I won't go into that here because we're not going to talk about that. But if you're interested, go away and have a look at the article in Yours for Scotland today because that really does 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 lay it out. So I think, but for most independent supporters, um, it's it, it's horrifying. It's horrifying to think of financial impropriety going on corruption going on and so on but you know we live every day with what the Tories are doing so it's kind of, you know this is the world of well, politics are dirty. Yeah. people just this accept that though you know but if there is a case investigation going on and perhaps that's why Nicola did stand down My... surely Peter should have a you know shouldn't be there basically that's wrong for him to be in the background it's very clear that it's not appropriate for the husband of the first minister to to have the position that um peter murrell has had in the snp there's a there's clear conflict of interest going on there and the fact that they're both liable to be interviewed under caution if um peter murrell hasn't already been 
you know that the obvious thing that you do at that point when you're under investigation you look at the history when when uh, so um michelle thompson came under investigation and she wasn't allowed to stand for um for parliament what because she was being investigated wasn't allowed to stand and she was cleared by the investigation so you know you've got this massive thing going on and um you, you know peter murrell is still in place and and, and it you know there's a lot of people believe i mean there's a lot of people you know supporting hamza left right and center they're all making these videos that's all i see i'm not following hamza in any way but i can't escape him or people following him and people are saying you know it's like two of the party line videos that have almost been it's like the whip cracking them to because he is the chosen one yeah. to for the continuation of um you know nicola's games so do you think there's any validation in that there's like you people, have to look, you know, you have to look at, at i i think one of those i forget which english M mp said it but i mean really um it was it, it, it there's a cliche if it if it walks like a duck swims like a duck quacks like a duck it's probably a duck um um so he used it recently and it was completely inappropriate but we really can use it about this we need to ask ourselves if the british state want wanted to prevent scotland moving towards independence what would it do and what would that look like how different would that look from getting somebody to you know pushing really hard for somebody to replace nicola sturgeon who has said oh 2050 excuse me excuse me <laughs> no so i just look at that and go okay uh how much does how much does the 77th brigade pay you you know yeah. he, he said something like you know if nicola couldn't do it then what chance do i have kind of thing she you know well it's just... you know it's give up give up scotland and uh trying to convince people that what scotland wants is someone that will not push for independence and I don't believe, I'm sorry, you know, I don't believe um, that this is anything but a propaganda exercise. It's, Wasn't the whole point of the SNP Scottish National Party for us to want an independence? Has that not got them the whole, no. you know, impetus behind people getting behind them in the first place? Mm -hmm. So for the referendum and stuff, you know? Yeah. So that should be their primary goal. Well, and if you found a way and Sabo's found a way and that information's out there, then they should be looking at it. I've listened to uh, more Ash than Kate talk, and Ash is saying things like, "There's other there's other movements, not just political parties out there, possibly referring to Salvo, that who have a chance of um, getting independence, and the, them as SNP don't need to be the sole people behind it. But it seems that Humza and Kate are probably, you know, we are the ones behind it. And this was it Article Thirty or something like that that they're trying to go back through." That's all the political process. How would you separate this whole campaign and them talking about independence? Are you giving Ash a bit of credit for what she's saying on the topic? Look, let's um, let's be. Let, one, there are three things about Ash, and that is um, th that show real integrity. That is that she has talked about what is wrong, um, and and it's blatantly wrong. This isn't sniping or whatever, um, and she's backed by Joanna Cherry on that. What is wrong with the system where Peter Murrell is in charge of m managing the, the the vote? She has talked about, and, and that's clear. That's a, that's honest. It's clear. It's it's what needs to be said. She has said that independence, if she's elected, goes comes back to being the first priority, the the, the, the central and first priority, and she will take whatever route and when. She, she talks about legal route. She's not saying what Westminster will tell you is legal. She's saying, you know, under international law, under constitutional law, the, the route that we can take. She's right. Yeah, similar to what you're saying. It's, then, really. it's not the same, but it's in that ballpark, if you know what I mean. So we're in the right, we're on the right playing field. Um, yeah. She's also said two more things. She said that she wants to return the movement, the independence movement, to the people of Scotland, not so that it's no longer held in the control of a tiny group of politicians. And that's really welcome. And the 
final thing that yeah. she said is, I want to work, I want to bring the whole movement together. I want to work with everybody. I'll work with Alba, she's been on the phone to Alex Simon. I'll work with, um, you know, ISP. I'll work with all these other groups out there. And... Well, she was saying for her own party, she doesn't want yes people, you know, she wants people with diverse opinions to get the best of everyone to make the country stronger, which to me is what a good leader should be doing, not just cracking the whip, you know? So those are, and she's certainly not saying, well, maybe in 27 years. <laughs> I'll make it lucky. <laughs> so, she's talking about bringing in their own currency and changing to like Scottish money, she, uh, which would be There should have been <clears throat> one of the things that is so annoying about having been told we'll have a referendum this year and this year and this year. Before you can have, but let's get to the question of the our ability to have a trustworthy vote in, in a minute, because remember we're going to. There's a lot of concern about the voting system for the new first um, head of the um, uh, first minister or head of the SNP. Or sorry, my brain's a bit fried. Um, that vote, there's there are lots of concerns being raised about that. Now we need to also look <clears throat> at how safe our voting system is when it comes to a general election or a, or a referendum. Because that's also a, a really serious issue. But in the meantime, there should, in order to have any such vote, you have to have a blue paper. You have to, you know, everything has to be costed. How will we do this? If if Scotland votes yes, what's the next step? You know, we have a referendum. They don't rig it. Ha! Huh. Scotland votes. So Scotland votes yes. And now we have to look at currency, trade agreements. Um, the negotiating Scotland's control of its own assets, resources. Um, what sh do we take a share of the debt? Uh, uh, do you know? It's does Scotland? Um, there, there's an argument that has been made that the rest of the UK would be what they call a continuator state, um, and Scotland would have to kind of re-establish it. So all so it would, its seat on the Security Council. It's you know it's. Um, international agreements and blah 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 that continues and Scotland just has to start again. There's a very good article um, by Kenny McInnes um, who's got a book coming out next month when Russia did democracy where he explains exactly what that means and why that is yet another con. Scotland brought all this stuff into the union and was part of and its money its assets fueled that um, and has fueled that union for, for a long, long time. So it's like a divorce. And it's like saying, okay, well, if you want a divorce, um, you walk away with nothing except what you brought into the marriage. That's not how that works. So that's another one. And all those things have to be addressed in what's, um, I think it, I think the white paper comes later, but all these things have to be addressed before you have that referendum. They never did that. Yeah, in all those years when they were saying we're going to have a referendum, they never did that. So what long they've said, what Ash is doing is she is now doing that, you know, so that it's actually there. So she's serious, and you can you can yeah. see that she's serious from, from that. She's also talking about every time there's a, an election, I think, that to put that question in the manifesto, I think that, do you want a referendum? So even if they don't choose one year, four years later, there's another choice, four years later, there's another choice. But, you know, all these things, there is the global reset, etc., hanging over everyone's head and, you know, the it WF and who, who's controlling them, you know? In the meantime, so, yeah, what do we do in the meantime? And that's um, that's where Salvo comes in, um, and, or, or rather, you know, liberation comes in. Because we need to get control of those things that we should have control of now. Um, you know, think of the, 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 the difference between having a referendum and then the, the British, i.e. English majority establishment starts going, well, you're not getting this and you're not getting that, and you're not getting the other. Just as we need to have plans in place for currency, for um, trade agreements, uh, for the you know for 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 restoring the, the, the position where Scotland and England are two nations and they both you know they share the the proceeds of the marriage. While that is you know while all that needs to go on. Prior to all of that, 
we need to be in a position of strength. We, you know, not not being left where we there's, you know, there's nothing we can do, and 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 uh, oh well, we'll allow this, or we'll have to give this away, or we'll have to. We need to be in a position of strength, and that requires, um, you know, that requires what is only now and. And, be, and, and largely because of the work that, that we've been doing for the past, since, since July, that requires a constitutional um, stand. You have to stand on that. Um, you know, we, we have a treaty. That's how we know this is, a supposed, this is supposedly a voluntary union. What makes it voluntary, the only thing that makes it voluntary, is that there exists an agreement between the two parties and that is a contract um if there is no contract and and then it's not a voluntary agreement if it's not a voluntary agreement scotland's a colony which you know the, the uk establishment definitely does not want you know be, yeah <laughs> um, we get all kinds of help international help if we're a colony so they really, really need the international community to recognise Scotland as in a voluntary union. But you cannot have a voluntary union without an agreement. And the agreement is very clear. And I think I talked about with you last time how you can't sell something you don't own. You can't, you can't, I can't lease your house to somebody because it's no my house, you know. Yeah. In the same way, the, the monarch in Scotland you know, inherited, Anne inherited the, the character of the monarchy from Kenneth MacAlpin. You know, she didn't get a right, she didn't go right to change it. And the parliament didn't have a right to change it. So what, 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 where that leaves us, and, and there's an article on yours for Scotland um, about that if anyone's interested, but where that leaves us is that Scotland is what's known as a sovereign territorial nation. And the short, the short message there is, the UK establishment never had the smallest right to touch the resources of the territory of Scotland. It, they, pooling and sharing means stealing. They have no right. And that's a thing that I, you know, we know we can, is very clear and can be addressed very clearly in international law. It's just that most of the way the UK establishment goes about this is making sure people don't know. Cover it up, hide it, call it something else, make sure they don't know. So imagine this. Imagine that we go and we... we we get this out into the open. We get support from other nations. We we manage to get an advisory ruling, um, which establishes, yeah, you know, there it is. Scotland's a sovereign territorial nation. Okay, you you guys should be managing your own resources. No more hidden preferential shares going to the UK Treasury listed as unidentified sources. They don't get to touch it anymore. We'll sell it to them. You know, we'll give them a good rate, but we. <laughs> you know, we will sell it to them. There's a that we've had. We can't yet prove this, but I'm hoping that you know that's not so far down the line. But it looks very much as if what has happened is that the reason you know, people keep scratching their heads and saying, you know, how on earth can we have all this oil and gas and everything that it's worth, and there's no proper taxing? I and mean, what this company didn't pay any tax at all. This company hasn't paid any tax. Why is that? Well. It makes sense if the UK government, when Thatcher sold our our resources, privatized our resources, um, if they took preferential shares, if they took put a back end shares, hidden shares, and that money is paid, um, I don't, I, I can't swear to this or not. I can tell you truthfully that I have been told, and that is all I can say. I have been told. Their shares are paid into offshore accounts managed by something called an arm's length body. And so every time they make massive profits and they don't, and the more profits they make, you know, the less tax, the more profit that that doesn't look appear on the books as a, as a, a tax dividend coming to the UK. Oh, Scotland's not producing that much from the oil and gas, but they're creaming it at the other end, taking the profit out of shares. That's fraud. That is fraud. So, you know, before independent, have a think about being in a position of power. 
being in a position of strength before we ever get to independence. So that's just one aspect. Now the other sorry, have got the power to raise these things like, you know, because obviously they say Humza gets in and they don't want to look at this. It's nothing to do unfortunately it's got nothing to do with Humza. Um it's it's something that uh, the Scotland UN Committee began um, exploring. They did an amazing job in, in the 80s. And actually, when you go through their records and start to have a look at what really went on, we, we wouldn't have had devolution without them. Um, and it's very interesting. How they operated is very interesting. But what they didn't do, um, because that's what they were looking for, they were looking for Scotland to get a devolved parliament. What they didn't do was look at, um, and, and they did a lot of work on Scotland's constitutional position, but they didn't look at going to the International Court of Justice. And that's interesting because in 1953, Lord Cooper actually suggested in the um, McCormick, famous McCormick case, um, Lord Advocate versus McCormick, that they take this to the International Court of Justice for an advisory ruling. Now, he, he was not an idiot, Lord Cooper. And he would not have said that if it were not possible. So what we've established is that among the, you know, you have to be a recognised organisation to do that, or a, a government, a state, a member of the UN. But one of the recognised organisations that can get a standing and, and attempt to do that is, is what's known as a liberation movement. And as we've got a thing uh, uh, did a wee thing with Craig Murray as he points out it's actually very easy to register a liberation movement we're not going to do it until we've launched a, a campaign that will get uh, the signatures that that are um you know make have a give us some validity some you know um but yeah. a liberation movement is easy to register the next thing that you do is you find support you put out your case you get support from other UN committees um, who, who will help you put that forward and they might do that themselves on your behalf and they might sponsor you to, to, to make your case, to ask for. And, and if you ask for an advisory rather than a contentious ruling, what is clever about that is you don't go to the UN to say, hey, can Scotland be independent? They just say, yeah, have a vote. You, you say, are we in a voluntary union or is it not voluntary? And with um, what the uh, advisory rulings rather than contentious rulings, which can take ages, contentious rulings, with an advisory ruling, if it's, it's not binding, unless, unless it is speaking to a policy or, or a law which the UN is already committed to. And this is... This is something they're committed to. And something like over 90% of the advisory rulings um, become binding. And the UK government is one of those nations, because they're not all in the same boat, which signed up, committed to be bound by the rulings of the World Court. So they didn't behave themselves on the Chagos Islands, but, you know, it's uh, that's okay. We don't expect the, the uh, United Nations or the international community to then turn around and do this for us. But there is your big stick, international recognition, gone. And there is the, um, that that gives us the ability to turn around and say, and, and it will be a lot of work. I won't, Billy, I won't pretend, it, oh, it's a walk in the park, we'll just sail off to Geneva, New York, and we'll get this done. And, um, well, there's a history of other countries doing it, though, you know, so it's not like it would be the first, you know. There's no, no, a lot. absolutely not. The thing is that the, the, the what is really exciting is that the main reason that um, the main reason that that there has been um, kind of no progress on this on this side before is that, firstly, our own politicians haven't known the real constitutional position. This isn't rem Ash familiar with all this stuff. Like, say these politicians, they get independence. The way you're describing it before, it's like your typical ones at Westminster don't want to be watched and vetted. You know, they want to. They're almost like career politicians. It's for them the ego. Whereas to me, a government a politician should be serving the people, and that should be the motivation to get in there. You know, so 
That's quite a dichotomy. That's, you know, the thing is we have lived with an English political system for such a long time that we don't realise it's an English political system. And, and not a Scottish one. And it absolutely isn't. You know, one of the things that um, a couple of uh, members of myself say is, you know, we, we need a slogan, think like a, think like a Scot. Let's teach our politicians to, to think like Scots and, and not like English yeah. politicians. And it's partly, you know, it, it's probably that it has been so well hidden. Um, but really and truly, the more we go into this, the more we see that the, the UK establishment, which is the English establishment, has got away with murder. Yeah, you <laughs> because because people didn't know because they didn't know you yeah. know i'll give you a really good example um here's an argument that i've heard in pro indie politicians spouting and getting really het up about um it's a legal argument the lawyers have explained it when scotland and england the two states signed the treaty of union the two states basically kind of committed suicide they extinguished themselves and created a new state, which is the United Kingdom. Yeah. And you'll, you'll have seen Dorothy Bain made a very similar argument um, to the Supreme Court last October. Well, those two states were extinguished. Now there's a new state. And that means that the treaty that created it, because it was created, by, it, it's, it's no longer there because the two states that created it are no longer there. So, you know, so now we are dependent on the Acts of Union, which were the ones that ratified the treaty, which brought it into force, which is, which is, and, and the Acts of Union are passed by parliaments and the Scottish Parliament doesn't exist anymore. So it's Westminster that controls that. There you go. That's our stuff, right? right? And uh, that's why we can't withdraw the MPs. They no longer rep represent the Scottish state, blah, blah, blah. Just one tiny, tiny little thing that we skipped over there. Treaties are not um, conducted only by states. Treaties can be conducted by what's known as um, a person of standing in international, in, in, in international. That means states, governments, blah, blah. Um, they're given personhood. They're given standing in international law. Any any person of standing can conduct and be party to a treaty. Now, corporations can enter into treaties as well as and nations, Billy. Nations have standing in international law. You can be as Scotland is a stateless nation, but it remains a nation and it's a sovereign territorial nation to boot. So the, the state might have been, you know, might have dis, you know, dissolved itself when the yeah. new state was created, but the nation did not. And, and you want to prove that? Do a poll and ask the English if the English nation is still in place, you know? So by every marker, Scotland qualifies as a nation and, and is likely to be recognized. But you see how they work? Well, the two states just you know extinguish themselves so now there are there's a new state and the two states that signed the treaty they don't exist anymore so the treaty doesn't have any force anymore wait a minute that that is how exactly how so much of what has been done to scotland has been accomplished you take there's a, a cambridge lawyer mark elliott who was writing about brexit and he talked about this um exceptionalism just means we can do what the hell we like um that's exceptionalism and we're sovereign over everything else, and how they had applied that to the withdrawal from the EU. And he said it's political kryptonite. It dissolves on contact with international law. Well, it's exactly the same for Scotland. That dissolves on contact with international law. And it's because of, it's because, I mean, it's, we don't have a, a real difficulty making the argument. It's, they banked on the fact that people didn't know what the argument was. So, you know, we're going to carry on and do that because it's not, a, it's not an impossibility. But what I'd say when we talk about independence is uh, take a step back for a minute. You just brought it up. We're all really, re I've been, you know, I've campaigned and I, I started campaigning and getting involved in, in, uh, in you know, with independence and um, joined the SNP, um, oh dear God, nearly 40 years ago, you know, scary amount of time ago. And some people have been doing, you know, been there longer. 
You don't look old Thank enough, <laughs> That's the right thing to say, Billy. So, so, so what, when we started, you know, and, and that was when we couldn't even, you know, the, the SNP back then, but, you know, it, we, it was, we could barely get a quorum to pass anything. No, it was, it was such a different yeah. situation. Kind of laughable back in the day, yeah. but it's quite crazy how it should be. But we didn't think beyond if we had independence. So, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a silver lining to most clouds, you know. We didn't know. I haven't learned until the last couple of years of my life what made Scotland so unique. What, what is this character of this nation that we want to, to make independence? Are we going to invent one? Going to make up a new nation? Or are we going to do something about what we've suffered all this time? And the way that any colony has suffered to restore our self-respect, our sense of identity, who we are. So that's one thing. Um, this, the other is who's independence? I mean, you're, we look at what's happening. Look at these free ports. Look at um, uh, look at the, look at the way that corporations are, are are getting more and more unaccountable. Um, look at the fact that look at the GRA bill. Most of Scotland absolutely opposed to it, and that's the hill that the SNP decided it was going to it was going to fight Westminster's takeover on, um, and people didn't want that. What we're in a position where what kind of what you, you need to say to people what kind of Scotland do you want to live in, and most people want a damn sight more social justice, a damn sight more say. You know, we don't want to march a million people march and hope that they'll listen to cap in hand you know that sort of proclaimer song cap in hand well take that imagine an, an independent scotland where our politicians tell us well you use your sovereignty at the ballot box guys that's your sovereignty no i hate to tell you that that's just representative democracy and it's actually only elected dictatorship sovereignty means if, yep. if we can't sack you directly oh you sack us when you bring in somebody else no that isn't that is leaving you unaccountable, unimpeachable, um, unchallengeable, not removable. You are not directly answerable to the people. Sovereignty means that yeah. you must be answerable directly to the people. You want to see what that looks like? Go and look at Switzerland. You know, this isn't a romantic pipe dream. And we had a, a, a much more participatory democracy in Scotland in 1706 than we've got today. So I think this is good. We've got this history, you know, it's something like, oh, once that gets ignited and the, the fire comes back and we see what we had, then we realise that that would be much better, being hoodwinked, essentially. So let's reveal the truth and go back to a better way for everyone. Well, what we do is we, we go, OK, so whose independence are we going to have? Are we going to have a camel designed by a committee? Or are we going to have something that restores the principles we had? They might have not worked perfectly. They certainly, you know, we could do a lot better today. We know how to do it. But if we know this is Scottish, you know, here's how this worked. How could we make this work in, in, in today? And, you know, Switzerland is a, a very good model, very similar to what we can imagine would have happened in Scotland. A public body, not the politicians who can be bought, a public body managing the resources. Let's go back to the Scottish term, the common good. That goes all the way through Scots law, all the way from Bruce, right up to the, the time of the Union. And then the, then the British establishment began, um, the English began dismantling it. Common good. You're elected, you're lent your power to serve the common good. That's Scottish. It's very Celtic. It's really, wouldn't that be great? Let's put that back. Let's put back the right to justice for every Scot. We had the earliest um, legal aid system in the world. 1300s, I believe. You know, what we played in the 1300s. They banned private, they were banning private schools in the 1400s. We have a we have a, a, a history of social justice and, and, and principle and sovereignty of the people and accountability of those in power that we should be very, very proud of. And if you want, you know, we're going to be faced, we are going to be faced with designing Scotland. Well, do we want the same, um, you know, usual suspects designing it for us with the corporations telling us how that's going to be? Or do we want those safeguards, those things that look up, make sure that whatever happens is to the benefit of the people in place? We've already got the blueprint. 
So that's, you know, that's the other thing, kind of schooling forward into independence. We don't know what that independence is going to look like is dangerous. Um, you know, we, we have to be able to say these are things that we're, we were robbed of and we need to put them back. We need to modernize them and we need to involve the people in designing it. Now, if I was Ash Regan, what I would be saying is, okay, in advance of independence, let's talk about these things. Let's have some public consultations. Let's ask people, let's take and say, look, Scotland used to, Scotland, Scots law had this, 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 and this. Profiteering's not lawful. Um, we've got laws to protect people from hunger. Isn't that amazing? Um, equal right to justice. We've got to put legal aid back. We've got, and, and here is what the claim of rights says you're entitled to. And that's a condition of the union. And that means that we've got to be directly responsible and answerable to the people. Here's how we see doing this. What do you think? Have that discussion. That, can you, you know, how exciting is that as a, as a vision for Scotland that, that involves people? Well, you know, you say, Ash should say that. And I think Ash, when she got, if she got the job, I think those are the kind of things that would probably end up progressing if she's listening to people. But yeah. I don't think probably the other candidates see it that way. So that's kind of... No, they certainly don't. They certainly don't. And the British state certainly doesn't. Um, I, I don't think, I think Kate Forbes is honest. Um, I don't think she has the vision that Ash Regan has. But I don't, yeah. I'm sorry, I don't think, I, I do not believe from his record that Homsey is a, a, an honest person, an honest broker. And I don't believe, you know, anybody who can say 2050 is, should be anywhere near a, a party that's supposed to be committed to independence. But then, yeah, the same breath, he's talking about independence and trying to make that his thing, you know, it's just the smoke and mirrors of politics, you know. It's just like, yeah, we're giving lip service to the whole thing, but real, not really having the deep understanding that you're doing. Yeah, I don't watch or trust many politicians, and I would say Ash is the only one of recent terms that I've actually said, fair enough, she's different, she's got new ideas, and I would give her... You know, the time of day, basically. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she's, 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 got, she's got four. She's got four tick marks next to her. Um, you know, so so far as the the Scotland's was is concerned. Um, the thing is, so here's here's where we come to the next thing. Um, and and we do need honest politicians, but we also need to be aware that we've had the last eight years we've had because there is no public accountability. We have an English system which is parliamentary sovereignty. There is no accountability. And that doesn't work in the end. The other thing that doesn't work is when you are dependent, you know, finally, so, so as I can see, you know, I see independence, real in, total independence for Scotland, complete freedom as a stepped process. First of all, we've got a, a lot of healing and restoration to do, to, to remember what it is, restore what it is to be Scottish. Secondly, we need to come from a position of power. Third, you know, we need to put things in place ready for that, that are actually constitutionally sound in Scotland. And then just imagine controlling our own oil and gas and just watch the, the, the UK establishment squirm. That's going to be fun. You put all of those and then, you've, you know, in the, as you get there, then finally you will have to have a vote. Now, here's the problem. That is the mechanism by which we show that the, it is the democratic will of the Scottish people to boot Westminster out of our and, and, and their control out of our country. Problem is this, and I'll give you one small illustrative fact, okay? Um, a group of guys in Argyle, Andy Anderson, um, Alistair McKinnon, forget the other guy's name, sorry, um, took a look at the postal vote of the referendum. Now, we took some, so I worked with some other people looking at the other side of it. That was horrific too. And here, but this one is a really easy one to understand, okay? The electoral roll at any given time has about 13 to 15% redundancy. But I think I, I, I might have told you about this. It means that at any given, all right, at any given time, the electoral roll cannot be up to date. It cannot keep up with population movement. Right. So let's be generous and say 13%. People die, people move. There is error. Um, so, 
you know, you'll get you, some people have had a polling card for their five-year-old, for instance, or and they get yeah. cards through the door for somebody who has died, or so. So you have this thirteen percent redundancy. That is, to be generous, that is the that error margin that the electoral system cannot keep up with. Or and people who are double, um, you know, they they. They've got two votes by accident. You know, they're they were at one address and then they they have at, at another address. Um, so the people who are left out, the people who are included when they shouldn't be, the people with double and so on. Right. That means that if you were to have a one hundred percent electoral return, that would show up as eighty seven percent. So anywhere where you have an yeah. 80%, 87% return, you've got 100% of people voting. You never, ever get 100% of people voting. If you're lucky, you know, in, a, in an amazing, absolutely amazing turnout, you might get 80 to 90%. So if you take 13% off and then another 10% off for an amazing result, um, you would be looking at like a 77% vote, you know, return, voting return. Okay, so explain to me how some of those voting areas in in, in the area where the, the, these guys in Argyll um, and Danu were looking had 96% ballot returns. Right? 96%. You, you show me 96%. With an electoral uh, with the, with an electoral roll redundancy of thirteen percent, and I shall be fraud. Yeah. Well, there was lots of videos of people. Looks like they were, uh, you know, do being dodgy around about that time. Well, that's on the ground, and that's you know where people doing this here and where they. But in order to do that, in no. order to to produce a ballot, which, and that's what brings me back to Peter Murrell, because this is exactly the same thing that can happen with the SNP election. They, they, yeah. th there is no question. That at, this was organised at a very high level. You cannot. That that means that the uh, that the electoral management systems and management people, IDOCs, were involved in fraud. They they they. Yep. they that's called ballot stuffing. I mean, there was um, obviously the American with Joe Biden. That was obviously fraud. And there was a guy who, oh, he's got this whole. Conspiracy channel thing going on you now. I think his name's Andrew or something. He used to work for a computer company. His job was to put the back door in uh, computer systems yeah. so that they can be tampered with, yeah. you know. So that's fraud again is, very fraud is very, very common. Um, but you know, we're not we're not America yet. The thing is that once you show that that once you show that something like that has happened, and we actually the, here's the problem, we cannot call that fraud. And the reason we can't call it fraud was because when they passed the legislation for Scotland's referendum, they um, that legislation um, categorised it as as a consultative referendum only. Now here's here's a thing: if the people in Scotland are sovereign, by the way, there's no such bloody thing. Sorry, there's no such thing as a consultative referendum. We're sovereign. If we give you our opinion on it, that's it. However. They put it through as a consultative referendum, basically an opinion poll. Because yeah. with an opinion poll, you can't have fraud because there's no contract. If you go and vote for a, a you know, a, a, in a general election and and you, you're yeah. voting for a party or whatever, you're 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 there's a contract there where you're giving your mandate to whoever you voted for, and you're considered to have given your mandate even if it's someone else, not someone you voted for. That's a contract. So if someone comes along and they and they fiddle the postal vote so that you've got 20% higher return than you should possibly have, then there's fraud. But when they did yeah. that in the referendum, because it was a pure opinion poll, we couldn't get a judicial review because there was no fraud. So that's what that's what people have to realize you know that's what we're up against um yeah. we have to consider all those things we have to consider who is ash going to be up against who are the what are the politicians going to be dealing with are they willing to look at this are they willing to say what do we need to do to make our voting system safe 
kick out of yeah. the picture for a start? Are they willing to say, you know, we need to do things like because of what happened at the physical ballot, um, what we need to do there is we need to make sure the ballots don't leave the, the, the um, polling booths. So do what we used to do. Keep them all in place. Yep. Keep the police there. Change out the staff and bring in the counting staff. That way there's no boxes traveling to have yeah. that switched. And, right. and you know what? Our defense, our, our, our great, fantastic security um, for, the, for, the, for the voting system in Scotland is, is uh, as my, my pal Laurie Flynn says, it couldn't possibly happen here. Don't be ridiculous. That, right. that, is, our, that is the sum level of our protection against, uh, against voting fraud. Yeah, because all politicians are always so honest. We never try and... As, as you can see from the, the Tories in Westminster. So we have, you know, and, and if you think that there's anything, anything that the British establishment will not stop at to prevent the loss of Scotland's resources, and you're looking in cloud cuckoo land. So we have to be really realistic about this. We have to look at what we're up against. We have to see what they did in the referendum, what they'll be willing to do in future. Um, don't underestimate the possibility that unless if we haven't reached the international community, they'll make the argument that um, Scottish separatists are threatening the territorial integrity of the UK. They will. Um, oh, there's yeah. nothing they will not do. They will. Every organisation that is a threat to the British establishment is infiltrated. That's not conspiracy theory. There's so many whistleblowers that have, have shown how this happens that, again, you stop kidding yourself. Wake up. This is the world we live in. That is what our politicians are going to have to deal with. And they're going to have to get realistic about. And that means that thinking ahead to this vote is jumping a whole lot of steps. You know, an independence vote's jumping a whole lot of steps. We've got to get ourselves in a position where we're in a position of strength. We're agreed on what an independent Scotland is going to look like. We have begun doing, as Ash is talking about doing, Ash Reagan is talking about doing, putting all these things into place. That's looking, um, you know, solid. You've got agreement between the people and the government. And by the way, their strongest suit, the strongest card that we have to play is the fact that the people in Scotland are constitutionally sovereign. And, and that gives them, if they would just acknowledge it, um, the argument... Yes, Westminster is sovereign over the Scottish Parliament because they set us up. But the people in Scotland are sovereign over Westminster in their own country. So you, if you try and stop them saying what they want, you're the ones who are acting unlawfully. So that's a great argument. That needs to be in place. Very, very clear. And their willingness to put in place mechanisms that make that, that, that give the people a voice, make that sovereignty real and make participatory democracy a reality. All those things, you want all those things in place before you go to a vote. And you don't go to a vote until and unless you can get, and, and by the way, if you put all those things in place, you have these things running and you're, you're, you know, you're, you're, they're all supportive of each other. By the time that you come to a vote, you've actually educated your, your country as well. People will be aware of it. They will see what they have at stake. They can see that's, I've got a stake in this, you know. Well, to me, again, when I hear Ash talk, it's almost as you get a feeling that she's going to go and listen to people and she's going to try and implement these groups and she really does want to make change. And, you know, because the whole way the world is with the WF and all the rest of it and control, it's not going in a good direction. No. So you know, the problem she, is the message out. You've got Salvo and even Ash, if... We need that platform where you can inspire people to want to learn because people have to raise their consciousness up to meet this new nation that we're trying to create, you know? So well, that's that the, 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 Like I said, it's very much, the, the, the job is very much educating our politicians as well because they've come up in this political system. Um, it's They don't realise it's an English system. They don't know what the Scottish Constitution is. When they're gaslighted and told, you know, you remember what... Um, when the Supreme Court gave that ruling, which is actually completely unconstitutional and, and, and unlawful internationally. That was an unlawful ruling under international law. Oh, no, we'll obey. We, we want to be legal. We'll, we'll follow whatever the, the Supreme... Really? You'll follow whatever the Supreme Court says? The court that was brought in to replace the appellate court of the Court of Session in contravention of the claim of right and to put in, instead of us having a parliament, uh, a court, I mean, which had the right to strike down any act passed by any parliament 
which the people rejected. Now we have a Supreme Court that upholds English English parliamentary sovereignty. You know, and then and, and you get people like Pete Wishart coming back and say, this ancient old fusty old irrelevant document. Well, excuse me, Pete, but actually in October 2022, you heard the Supreme Court set up to replace ours by, you know, by Tony Blair, giving a ruling based on a fusty old English document passed in exactly the same year as the claim right and every bit of sectarian. That's what that ruling is, is, is based on, the English Bill of Rights. So, you know, Nicola goes, oh, yes, oh, yes, we'll must obey this. It's not legal. Internationally, it's not legal. And our politicians have been, I've heard umpteen other Hindi politicians who do not know coming out with this total rubbish. So we need, we need to get Think Like a Scot out across Scotland. We need to get our lawyers thinking like Scottish lawyers. They don't study real Scots law, constitutional law at all. We don't, our politicians don't know. They spout what they've been told by the English establishment. So, you know, we have a, we have a, we have a bit of a task to do. But if we can do it, and, and, and if we can get our politicians on board with, with a, a truly Scottish character for Scottish independence, and instead of waiting, just going, well, the only thing we can do about it is get out of the union. No, guys, get up and take back what always belonged to Scotland. Don't go, OK, we'll walk away and we'll, we'll take whatever they give us. And having been in an abusive marriage for 300 and whatever years, we're going to walk away with what they let us keep. Just because we want, just because we more than we just want to escape. No, turn around and fight. We're entitled to the resources of our own land and, and its territory. We're entitled to the control of that and to use those for the benefit of our people. They're not entitled to one single bit of it. We, take, we, we need to fight. We really need to turn around and fight. We'll take that back. We're entitled to a political system that gives people in Scotland a say and, can t and, and, and gives them the right if, if you know, you might be a great, it might be a great government, you know, after one election, it might be a bunch like these Tories after another. Well, the people should ha have the right to put them on trial and sack them. That's Scottish. That's what we do. You know, we are the people that when we were pissed off with the monarch, would line the Royal Mile in Edinburgh and moon him. That's a fact. That's a historical fact. These days, you put up a placard that says, not my king, and you're arrested. <laughs> Yeah, I totally feel your passion. I'm with you. I'm ready to go. It's just the apathy of the masses is just so frustrating. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, oh, fucking, it's, what it's what happens to people who are colonised, Billy. You know, look yeah. at Ireland before the revolution. And we don't want a violence in Scotland. We can do this without that today. Um, but you look at what Ireland was like and compare that. Any colonised nation and people, their people are browbeaten. They're, they feel hopeless. They, they can't see any way out. There's what's the point? It's what's the point? Yeah, that's why they're drinking all the abuse and all the rest of it. You know, people are covering up their pain. You know? Yeah, and that's, and, you know, that this is, this, is, this is our country. These are our people. And for God's sake, have the politicians reached out and, 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 and put, basically it's like you put your arms around people. And you say, this is who you really are. And this is what you're yeah. really entitled to. How about it? Let's do this. That's what's needed. And that's, you know, th that's what I mean about a hurt people. Look, are, 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 they're so disenfranchised. They're so switched off. They feel so marginalized. And, and, and they're talking about trying to revive the independence movement. You know, I've got, I've got a message. I, I, I have to say, I've said what I like about Ash, and I really like it. I really do. I, I really admire her. I think she's probably the politician right now that I admire most in Scotland. Well, she's the only one. <laughs> well, no, I, I, there are a few. There are a few, um, you know, I, that, that that are worthy of our our, our admiration. The real yeah, I guess a lot of people are in the system, as you say, and there are different levels of, you know, their own ignorance playing a part in in their battles. And the system itself—that's the problem. The system 
you know, people go into the system trying to do good and the system molds them and changes them over time. That's why we have to change the system. That's why we have to bring back, you know, it, what was amazing. I, I could speak for hours about the way the Convention of the Estates and the uh, Assembly of the Boroughs worked with the Parliament and how that went back to the people and how literate the people were. You know, people think they were they were um, uneducated. Well, then go and read A History of the Boroughs, Schools of Scotland, um, published in 1876 by James Grant. I swear to God, your chin will hit the floor. People in Scotland were, were literate. They were educated. Broadsheets went out all the time. And we're an ornery, as the Americans say, we're an ornery bunch. We, you know, people got up on their high horse and they made a fuss and, and they were listened to. And, they, and Parliament was answerable to them. And then what happened was, because all of that was there, that all those uh, the um, mechanisms that the people could use, um, it's like a deterrent. You have a deterrent, you won't have a, they say you won't have a war. Well, that deterrent was there and it worked. And so what I would say to, to, to Ash Reagan, because I think she's a, you know, a, a figure of real hope for many, many people, is read the room, listen to the wind. Look at the turnout for the last few by-elections. Listen to what you're hearing. You're not, you are not going to get people back up on their feet and enthusiastic for independence the way that we did in 2014. You have to have a much more powerful message. So tell them about restoration, what we are going to do. We're not just going to walk away from the, this disgusting, abusive marriage as, as a victim with all that has been taken from us and all the people who were killed and forced out and, and starved and impoverished and oppressed and say, OK, well, we'll make a new Scotland walk away and pretend it didn't happen. No. Be prepared to fight. Be prepared to turn around and say, no, you, you don't get away with this. And this is what we, we, we are going to do together. When you go back to people, and I see it whenever I speak about Salva, whenever I talk about the Scottish Constitution, it's people recognise it. It's in our DNA. And yeah, I feel when you talk about that, it's like... And know, it just <laughs> comes it up. And, you know, and, and it's, not, it's not because it's me talking about it. Because it's it's you know it's my passion talking about it, but it's because what I'm communicating, that is speaking from my soul, my DNA to yours, and we know we recognise and we go, my God, of course, of course, we we somehow know because we know somewhere in in that fog of amnesia who we really are, and that that just. It energizes people. It inspires people. And we need to inspire our people. So on a very, very simple uh, level, Ash, you want to get people going for independence again. You want to get that movement back together. You want to get that fire burning again. Don't just talk about don't. It, it's not it's not going to burn for the word independence. It's going to it's going to burn for real restoration. But give me back what is mine. And if you won't, I'll damn well take it. Yeah, that sounds uh, a lot. You know, we've done independence, we were fooled. We fuck it, let's get restoration. We're going balls to the wall now, you know. <laughs> this, is, this is how, you know, and Scotland is a, is a, is a it, we're human beings. So, you know, a lot of, we're assholes and, and we're heroes. We, you know, we're saints and we're criminals and, and sometimes all in one person. We're just human beings. But our history, that you know the things that the, the, the things that differentiate Scotland from any other country. Our history is beautiful. You know there are things in that that just you know every Scottish child should learn this in school and they don't. Yeah, I was also thinking about the language as well. Would be important to bring back in the Gaelic. But just before we kind of wrap up, you know, there's also the element that the it was very quick this election, so it's not really given Ash much time. She's kind of unknown, which is another thing. You know, so I just imagine those national TV television things if she was claiming they're talking about restoration in front of a national audience, you know, and bringing that to the table so that Humza and these people can't ignore these topics, you know, because no matter who gets in, 
as you say, we people should still be taking these topics to them and saying, look, this is what we want you to do, and not just be you know ignored as every other politician. Nicola, I'm your corporate parent, Chief Mammy. Oh well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a really good one. Well, it's that you know they're not they're still not thinking like Scots. So they're still saying, you know, vote for us, follow us, we'll do this for you. And that is really paternalistic. You know, top down, trust us, we'll deliver. And we and, and, and we the people have got far too used to that. So, you know, it's time we said, no, we're not going to trust you. Prove it. Right. And and show us that you will be accountable. You will you'll you're going to be willing to put mechanisms in that mean it. You go off and make some under the hand table deal with the ferry company. Um, that uses all our money or use our money up going after, you know, going after some political rival or or twist the, the law, whatever, we'll sack you and we'll put you in jail. So agree to that or, you know, and show us that you're listening. You know, talk to us. Talk to us about Scotland's constitution and how would we modernise this? Get us involved, but stop being the people on the pedestal that we yeah. have to trust and okay. and uh, and believe in until we can't trust and believe in you anymore. Change the yeah. game. It's all, it's all about ego that way, whereas basically we're all in it together, so politics needs to be for the people, kind of by the people. Sarah, it's been a pleasure talking to you once again. Thanks very much for your time. Um, again, how can people find you or the Salvo movement? Um, well, there's a website, salvo.scot. Um, we, as I said, we haven't launched the liberation campaign yet because we've needed to put our hubs in place. Um, those are just going rolling out now. If you want to get um, involved, um, you can join up at salvo.scot. Um, we're working very much the way that um, th that we believe Scotland should be working. So, once you're part of a hub, um, you'll be You'll decide what your own posts are. There are jobs that need to be done. You can call them what you like. You can, you know, but you're autonomous apart from published material. The only thing that we do is this, this sort of central volunteer group does, and then all the representatives will be part of that. Is we make sure anything published in Salvo's name is accurate, that it reflects, you know, what we're really trying to do, so that we can't be brought into disrepute by something that's, you know, that, that's published with a Salvo logo on it. That's it. Other than that. You know, you're you're it, and we'll support each other. We'll have we're we're updating the website at the moment, so that there will be a website page for every hub, and there'll also be a, an organisers page, so a representative from every hub. Every every we've got campaign groups working in Salvo, the um, the core volunteer group, and so on. The we've got a, the Scottish National Congress working group for liberation. They'll all have you know they'll all communicate on one place. There'll be all kinds of different ways for people to talk, communicate, decide things. But we will we will not be collecting. We don't ask for a membership fee. Um, if you want to, when we've got these things ready, if you want to buy a membership card, they'll be, you know, as, as cheap as we can make them, um, produce them. And we don't ask the hubs for financial contributions. So, you know, you can go do these, have these campaigns, be inventive, be creative, get that word out, get signatures for liberation, and you'll rate, you know, and raise the money that you need and keep the money. So, I guess the people, you, when they go to meetings, we meet other like minded people, yeah. and it's really we want to build the kind of momentum here and as quickly as possible, realizing people what they've got access to and what are real, genuine yeah. resources who they're entitled to. So, What's stopping us is down to the people. Let's try and stop the apathy and raise the vibration and onwards and upwards, eh? Absolutely. And look out for the union on trial. We're um, we, we're, we're just getting started on the uh, the shooting script. And I think, um, you know, and that's going to be show, shown and then we'll have the trials around Scotland, give people a chance to have their say. And I think it's going to be very cathartic um, for people in Scotland to, to really know, to hear what has really been done to Scotland and get to say, I we sack them, you know. So even if we're only only rehearsing doing that, it, it feels good. So when do you think I'll be ready? Um, well, I'm hope it, you, you never know with production. I used to work as a um, a, a reporter, investigative um, journalist, and producer. And you you hope a, a project this size normally you would have expected it to take about six months. But if we do a roll on, roll off, 
with each section, I think we can do it a lot quicker. So I'll tell you that right now, the blocked out, I'm just getting, we've just had a script meeting to do the blocked out script. That will go to the script writer, that will have to come back. Then it, we set it up, film it, and we give it to the to the hubs to show. And so part of it, so that makes it much easier. Part of it gets filmed, gets you get to watch it, and it should, people should, I think it will make people feel angry, but also really, you know, as I said, catharsis to see that finally said, and it hasn't been. And then they get, then each area gets to, you know, contact their local press, radio, whatever, and have, and, and open the floor to people to get up and have their say. You know, people really need to. All across, people need to be allowed to say, this has been what's been done, and you guys are bastards, and we're not having it anymore, you know? So it, a good rehearsal for uh, for so Sovereign Scots to start asserting their authority, and and we're going to do one, and then we'll roll out the, you know, and roll out the next, and roll out the next, so they cannot cover up, they cannot deplatform us, they cannot hide it, they cannot stop it getting out there. Um, and we give we, we we we're planning to give this you know Scotland back to Scotland and give this message back to Scotland. So I'm hoping we will be ready in six to eight weeks. That's my hope. That's cool. That's not too long. You've been doing a lot of great work there. So I look forward to seeing that and whatever else Salvo gets up to. And everyone join in and spread the word. Thanks very much for your time, Sarah, and everyone else for watching. Cheers and out. Bye bye. Thank you.